0: Okay, we're uh, on a a series uh, uh, on the church, and uh, this morning we're going to look at the body of Christ. So if you've got a Bible, can you please turn with me to 1 uh, Corinthians chapter 12? You like that, Derek? Is that all right? Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to uh, read verses 14 uh, to 20. Uh, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would Not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Uh, The body of Christ uh, is a common uh, New Testament metaphor uh, for the church. The church is called One body in Christ, Romans chapter 12. One body, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. The body of Christ, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And Ephesians chapter 4, the body, Hebrews chapter 13. The church is equated with the body of Christ. In Ephesians chapter uh, 5, he's the head of... Of the church, his body, and in Colossians chapter one verse twenty four, the things that he does are for the sake of the body. Now, when Christ entered our world, when Jesus entered our world, he took on a a physical body. You could see him, touch him, feel him. You could be with him. Tells us in Hebrews chapter five, uh, chapter ten, sorry, that it was prepared for him. Her body was prepared for him. It says that in Philippians chapter 2. And through his physical body, Jesus demonstrated uh, the love of God uh, and uh, he tangibly and bodily expressed the sacrifice that he gave for us by his death on a cross. His body was mutilated it was a physical thing we know that he wept we know that he felt we he had a body like yours and mine it was a body that ascended it was a body that went up uh, into uh, heaven and it is in a bodily form that he is in heaven right now and it is in a, in a bodily form that you will see him in heaven it's Jesus as the man. But what Jesus does is he continues his work through a redeemed people, the church, to demonstrate and to carry on uh, the love of God and the ways that he gave to us. So he, he had a physical body, his body ascended and he leaves A physical body, the body of Christ here on earth. We've got given a body, was prepared for him. He lived amongst it. He ascended. It's a body in heaven. He leaves one on earth. We are the physical representation of Christ's body. If you want to know what Jesus smells like, looks like, feels like, what it is to be amongst Jesus Then the Bible clearly says that you do that by finding, by placing yourself in the context of church. Now you will rightly say, What? Because you have an idea of what church is. And you would probably say, Ah, it's not quite my view of some of the churches that I know. Can I just say that that's their problem? Our problem here as the elders of, Ch- of Gateway Church Wrexham is to try as best as we can with what God has given us to have this place representing the body of Christ the best that we can do it with what the revelation that we have. What that means is that we are incredibly privileged and challenged. We are privileged to be called the body of Christ. That's extraordinary. Think of the disciples' reaction. Just think of some of the... Just think of Mary and Martha and those stories and all that sort of thing. Just, just think for a little while. The privilege. And we now hold that huge privilege. We should not hold this lightly. But it is a challenge because the challenge is to be this body of Jesus on earth and the reason that it's a challenge is together we should be pointing to de- to Jesus and therefore demonstrating to the world that the world can find Jesus through us that's a challenge and gateway church that's our challenge Our challenge is that the world should be able to find Jesus here and that we should look like him when we gather. Wow. We have therefore some hard work to do. Let me just say uh, that if you are new or old to this church, then the work is not over yet. Because I believe, don't you, that we believe that there is much to do to make the church represent Jesus fully. And to be the church that Jesus desired us to be and wants us to be. I think it's a real challenge. Verse 7 in the verses that we've got, uh, uh, that we read. It says, but to each one of you is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So we find that the way that that works, the way that we become the the body of Christ is that each of us will manifest the spirit of God in us. That every person in the body is designed in a new in a in a unique way to manifest something of the spirit of God. That's why we should be be praying for one another on a regular basis to be filled with the Spirit of God because as the Spirit of God comes upon us and moves us and changes us, there is a unique sense of God that comes out from us. There's something that God does with you as an individual. Then He places that in the context of the church and it demonstrates who He is. It's wonderful. Spirit of God... Coming on individuals, but the manifestation is the corporate sense of Jesus. Makes you all want to run to the front to be prayed for, don't it? doesn't it? Every that sort of thing. It is. Then it says something else about the Spirit of God. Not only does it point to Jesus, it means that if we individually seek that Spirit, we, we get a common good. We get a common good. I love that. I love that expression of think, because if you think about it often, you are just individually stirred, aren't you, sometimes? And you think, I need to respond to this. When you are responding to it, the Spirit of God coming upon you, those sense of the, the power and the impact of the Spirit, when you return back, your thought would be, okay, what common good is this going to bring? See, it's never for the, just for the individual. The point of the Spirit of God manifest is so that he can bring common good to us. So it isn't this sort of thing, well, you know, I just feel God stirring me. No, actually the point is, okay, what, what Lord, did you bring to me for, for the people that are around? It should bring us common good. It shouldn't be that we just have power meetings and go from them. The church should be benefited. In fact, the more that we feel the Spirit, the more the church should be racked up and racked up and racked up. It should be that sort of sense. We, the better we should become in that sense. This is what the church is for. It's what the church is for in the world. This is our calling to demonstrate Jesus to the world in which we live in. So I want to suggest to you this, that we should pursue the Spirit. With everything that we've got. Because it brings to us common good and demonstrates to the world Jesus. It's wonderful that, isn't it? Pursue the Spirit, common good the world sees. Next response for the Spirit. If you are sitting there, I grab you by your feet. Just come and grab you and pull you out. Because do do you not want the common good? See the, see the bonus of all these things? The world sees. I believe, however, there are some huge challenges with this. Let's just talk about the negative. I'm good at talking about the negative. I believe that we live in a day where we need to fight uh, for what is called reformed charismatic. Let's just move reformed theology to the side for one little bit. Let's just talk about charismatic. Let's talk about... The, the life of the Spirit and the use of the gifts of the Spirit. The doctrine of the priesthood of all believers, which means that I am not your priest, that together we are priests. God has given us something, that you are as much a priest as I am a priest in that sense. I believe that when we gather, there is a fight on for that. And this is what we generally demonstrate that generally demonstrate the few that that will do that. Do you know when the few contribute that we do not look like the body of Christ? And that when the few contribute, there isn't a common good, there's a part good. Your silence is not just holding you back, it's holding other people back. Your unique manifestation of the Spirit is holding back somebody else's walk with God. If I spoke to you personally and I said to you, you wouldn't like to be a stumbling block to anybody, would you? You'd go, no, of course not, Nigel. I don't want to be that. But your silence actually is. In whatever context, whether that's a small group or whatever, you're week by week... Unmanifesting the spirit and the use the, of the gifts means that somebody <coughs> has not benefited. That's negative. And I think we've got a fight on our hands. Secondly, I believe we have a low view of the church as Christ's body. I believe that we we have become a gossip bit, a laughing stock, a couldn't care less attitude prevails not just in our church if i may say that uh, just globally as it were there is a low view of church you can see that we're in a meeting yesterday when Callie said that church is should be the first thing that we put in our diary often just isn't it's the last thing we put in our diary so we have a low view we know that because of the way that we are we have a low view of church we don't have this wonderful bride of christ we're not gathering to the to jesus's high view i said these were negatives the other one is it and i've said this it's usually the rest the, the few that manifest the spirit and the rest observed do you know what the bible the verses that we've got calls that it's 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 a really harsh thing to say but these verses actually describe when the few contribute and the rest don't. It describes the body as deformed. So we look to the world not like a formed body, but a deformed body. We look unable to do certain things. Because that's what happens if you've got a deformed body. The person is unable to do certain things. And I think um, sometimes that the common good has been realigned to mean my good. That, that I'm not coming for you, I'm coming for me. These are the negatives. We'll get into the positives in a minute. Where there's the neg- that actually, I've turned up this morning for me. I've not turned up this morning for you. We have to come together because I believe in the common good. Come this morning for you, not for me. It's interesting that if everybody came for the common good, there'd be somebody that would come this way for your good. Do you realize that? That's the way that it works. It's the dynamic. If I'm coming for somebody else, there's somebody else that's coming for me. But if, when you come for you, actually it won't sustain you. So let's look at these, these uh, things. In these verses, it says that there are ailments in the body. It actually says that the body is sick, that, uh, there is, that we have sicknesses in the body uh, that keep the body from working in a particular way. It should. So Paul deals with one of these in verses 14 to 20 and another in verses 21 to 27. And the one is the feeling of uselessness and the other later on is the feeling of self-sufficiency we'll get onto that later when when a member of a body feels useless or when a member of a body feels self-sufficient when you actually say as it says later on in this scripture you don't need me or i don't need you the body will not manifest the spirit and produce the common good in the way that it should and it will be a poor reflection Of Jesus, So let's look at that in a little bit of detail and uh, do some diagnosis and some remedies. I'm just fearful because there's some doctors around and I've just used the... So let's look at this. Uh, um, First, let's read how Paul diagnoses the ailment. Let's look at the ailment, the sickness. Verse 15 and 16. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body... That would not make it less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. What's the ailment? What's the sickness that is prevailing in the church in Corinth? It is a feeling or opinion that you are not like someone else and because you are not like someone else that you are useless to this body that's what he's saying so look you know oh, it starts off you know because i'm not a hand because i'm not a hand verse 15 in the one case if the person with the foot gifts and the foot graces, looks at the person with the hand gifts and and hand graces and says, I'm not like that. The conclusion seems to be that you are not any good for this body. That's the conclusion. I may not, but well, it's not worth me coming. It's not worth me being here. I don't feel a part of it. Their comparison with the other person makes them feel useless. And it makes them feel that they don't belong because they are not like these, so, these people. They feel that they don't have anything worthwhile that they can bring to the body. Nothing to offer. I have nothing to offer because my personality... My character, my background, my age, the way that I look is like this. I have nothing to offer this church. I want to suggest to you that there are people this morning that have walked in thinking those thoughts. In the other case, verse 16, the person with the ear gift and ear graces looks at the person with the eye gift and eye graces and says, I'm not like that. And so I don't belong. I'm not any good to this body. And they come to the conclusion that therefore I won't come. So the one ailment that threatens the body is this feeling of uselessness, feeling that you're not like the rest, feeling that I am not needed, that the body could actually cope well, without me, it does not need me here. My me and my gifts are not important here. I'm not going to pick on you, but I think probably at some stage we've all been like that. The remedy is three truths, one of which I'm going to shout at you, okay? I'm going to pray. Sometimes the pastor as to play a fatherly figure and i know that some of you are older than me and in a little while i'm going to wag my finger at you okay so be prepared for a fatherly wagging of the finger ready so it's three truths what does paul prescribe for these attitudes the first truth is that the is that the conviction of uselessness is not a truth, it is a lie. It is a lie. In this verse it says, verse 15 and 16, If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. Paul puts it boldly, he's forthright. Uh, He denies the conclusion. He denies the comparison between yourself and another one. He concludes that you are not useless and that your conclusion is wrong. Here it is. Let me do this. You are wrong. You are not right. off. How do I know that? In the same verse, verse 16, it says, and if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. Underline it in your Bible. Sorry, if you've got a device, whatever you do with it. <laughs> you are governed by your feelings and not by truth. You may feel it, you may think it, but it is not true. You are arguing yourself into a corner that is wrong. It is invalid arguing. The conclusion that you have about your identity is does not stand. You are, as an individual, part of the global church. God has made you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are absolutely unique, and God has done that so that you could be a part of the global and local and this church. You are not useless. You are meant to manifest an individual manifestation, as it were, of the Spirit of God. You're meant to display difference. That's the idea. So let's finish with this one by asking ourselves a question. Who is telling you this truth about you? Who is doing that? Who is governing your thinking? Who is setting the standards? What do we think it means then when the Bible tells us to renew our mind? It means that we have to throw out wrong thoughts and replace them with a biblical thought. I want to say this to you as the pastor of this church, align myself with my fellow elders, you are not useless. To feel that, brothers and sisters, is nothing but a curse over you. And we would want to break that curse, in Jesus' name. There is a necessity in the church of diversity, The second part of Paul's remedy of the feelings of uselessness, it shows that the very existence of the body of Christ and our church actually depends on diversity. We are resisting that diversity when we compare ourselves and we say, I am not like this person. (laughs) And we conclude that our difference is just that we are useless here. In other words, the ailment of feeling useless in the body is opposed to the concept that Jesus designed the body to be. Because he he doesn't want it to look the same. He wants you to be different. He wants your uniqueness to come through. He wants it to be diverse. That is the wonder of it. That's why, in so many ways, you've heard me argue this from the pulpit we shouldn't go down a youth church or an old church or a black church or a white. Because God demonstrates the body by its diversity. The wonder is that the black guy can cope with the white guy and love one another together. The wonder of it is that the Asian guys over here can fellowship with the Welsh guys and love one God together and serve one God together. The wonder of it is in a connect group on Wednesday or wherever it is, that our oldest is praying with our youngest and our youngest praying with our oldest. That is the wonder of it all. It's this that shows to the world that we're different. How does the world gather it gathers like people together. It rejects diversity for the sake of sameness. In fact, what it does is that it opposes differences, doesn't it? So it was interesting last night. Did you watch the European football thing? Did you watch Facebook at the same thing? It was interesting. I, I am not a Chelsea supporter. But if you noticed Facebook last night, we were defined by wh- what we don't like rather than what we do. In fact, I can't say this, but amongst uh, one of our leaders yesterday, we were having a leaders day out together yesterday, uh, I I had to say that I would align myself with somebody that I I don't normally like. And I have to tell you a truth that many years ago, I went to watch Wolverhampton Wanderers play Chelsea and my friend David Joyce had a flick knife put at at his neck for the sake of a football program that then was less than 50p. And yesterday, I stood with Chelsea. And my wife, I did not leap off the chair when Drodpa scored the last goal, but my wife did. Who knows nothing about football, but must have thought that was the time to put the kettle on. Our diversity, whether I support Chelsea or not, our diversity is the thing that God wants to put us to. Our diversity is the point of it all. The point of it is this shouldn't be same. Paul shows verse 14 and 19 to 20 that the body uh, would not even exist if this attitude prevailed because he says, For the body is not one member, but many. (laughs) that's what we're meant to be we're meant to be many meant to be many differences the part of that is repeated verse 19 and if they were all one member where would the body be meaning if we all look the same you can't find him do you hear that do you hear that we need to really hear that Listen to that again, verse 19. And if we were all one member, where would the body be? Paul's asking, that. I can't see it, can't find it, can't feel it, can't hear it. Because suddenly we've all become 19 to 20 church. All that sort of thing. Our city London is falling for this sin. You can go to London and find churches that represent nations. When you go to heaven, you represent all nations. If we want to represent heaven on earth and and for the people to find the body correctly, this is it. So, if we're all one and the same, where would the body be? Verse 20 but there are now many members, but one body. That's a repetition. A repetition. Verse fourteen: the body is not one member, but many. So verse fourteen and nineteen and twenty points out that we have to be not we have to be, we have to convince ourselves that we that this is a lie. But secondly, that we should be diverse. There's a lovely. Uh, thing in a commentary that i 've got by C Hodge old reformer and he he talks about member what does the member mean uh, and uh is is the the word a uh, constituent is a constituent constituent essential part having a function on its own <laughs> so i 'm useless because my function is that i 'm not like another. No, no. There are many members, but there are one body. There are another argument to this, God's good and wise design. The third part of that is found in verse 17 to 18. Someone might say, okay, I've heard this all before. Nigel. You know, people have been going, rattling on like this for donkeys. It hasn't changed me. And, and you've heard those arguments. Of, you are not useless, but I still feel useless. You do use, I couldn't possibly do that. I've had 30 years of leading churches of, I couldn't possibly do that. (laughs) Could you raise your hand? No, I couldn't possibly do that. It just, it just, you you don't, you don't ask anybody, would you like to, do? I couldn't possibly do that. (laughs) I just want to be naughty with you, if I may. I want to just talk about, forget the uselessness for a bit. Forget the diversity thing. How about being disobedient? Uncomfortable? (laughs) Let's go for it. (laughs) Guilt begin. (laughs) Eyes open, peer into congregation, heap. If grace will not do it, (laughs) guilt will. (laughs) Verse 17. If the whole body... That's how you do it when you do guilt. I've seen him do this on the God channel. (laughs) (laughs) If the whole body were an eye, (laughs) (laughs) where would the sense... I feel like John Paisley. No, no, but just, what's Ian Paisley. Ian Paisley, not John Paisley. He was an elder with me. Uh, Wiping off the tape, right? you know, if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? Listen, verse eighteen. Listen to this, verse eighteen. But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them as He chose. Lord Jesus Christ, I'd repent now and I can't. You should. This is not a mission of encouragement now. You've had those bits, those were the nice bits, okay? The nice bits were, I love your diversity. I want to help you in your uselessness. (laughs) Now repent. (laughs) Get on your knees. But you might say something like this: I didn't say that I wanted to be the. I didn't want the whole body to be an eye. Oops. I didn't say I, I I wanted the whole body to be an ear. I, I just don't like what I am. You know, I don't like it. But as it is, God has arranged the members of the body, each one of them, as He chose. The bottom line of this is to do with you and trusting God. You are not trusting God for the way that God has made you. And with that, it means that the common good has not come to dozens of people that are waiting for you and your unique gift. It is fundamentally an issue with your trust in God. We sing, that, I'm going to trust in God, I'm going to trust in Jesus, without shame and without fear. And now I'm going to bring my prophecy, not half. I'm not going to trust in God. It's, I mean, you just get so sick of it. Don't you do it? Without shame and without... How great is the love of God? How steady is His hand? But not to help me pray—it's just this. Well, you—it's just true, isn't it? The bottom line, guys, is that we are—we sing this stuff, but we're not trusting God. And what does that mean? The common good is lost. And the point that Jesus wants to display to the world is lost. That's the issue. So it comes down to a radically God-focused. Am I going to trust God with what God has made me and given me? We have a little bit of time. 1 Corinthians 12 verses 21 to 27 continues. It says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head say to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And those parts of the body that we think less honourable, we bestow the greater honour. And on our uh, unpresentable parts, they are treated with greater modesty which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honour to the part that has lacked it, that there be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, we all suffer together. If one member is honoured, we all rejoice together. Now, you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Let's deal with this one first. The negative warning, verse 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. This means that it would be personally, historically, biblically immature for anyone to say that I don't need another person. That I don't need them. That I don't need their personality. I know my personality is a pain in the bum to some of you. I know that. Your personality <laughs> <laughs> is a pain in the bum to me. I know that you would not like to invite me around for a meal. And I know that I may not But do you know, you may think that you don't need them for all sorts of reasons. Most of them are personal. Most of them are preference. But you do need them because their difference sanctifies you. It makes you more like Christ. That's what the common good is about. It makes us more like Christ. So you can't just sort of say, well, I, li- I, you know, I, I, I like these. One of the things that we should not do is have cliques. Do you remember those days? There's cliques. Don't always gather to the same people over coffee. It is so important. <laughs> you need these people. They need you. When you gather, you're gathering not because of the one, but also for the other. Because you can come to church like that. I need these people this morning. We've had people that have rung us up, haven't been for several weeks, and said, I'm coming to church this morning, can you pray for me? You feel like going, no. Because you didn't need me. I actually have had people saying to the students this Um, that often I can find uh, in our own lives, Callie and I, that people will often tell uh, things about their lives and we know an awful lot about uh, many of your lives and sometimes people never ask us about our own life. So I could probably tell you two or three major things that is going on in our life. I just want to say this to you, I need you too. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought that the pastor needs you? It's, it's the body. I'm part of the body, you know. I'm not disconnected to it. And people that are around you need you. It's not just about what your need is. It's about their need too. It's about our needs meeting together as we meet. <laughs> Verse 22. Let's do a little bit of theological thing here verse 22 on the contrary the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable Paul says they seem to be weaker do you know why that is? it's because that's the decision that you've made on them they seem to be weaker who to? you well it's just them pain <laughs> seem to be weaker to you oh holy you that yeah, true so godly you they seem to be weaker to you Come on, no, not true. They are necessary to you. They are necessary to you because they can teach you about God. Oh, they do frustrate you. Yes, they are a pain in the butt. But do you know what? They're sanctifying you. You need them. It's taking off those ungodly things that actually you say that you're godly about. It does, you, it, it's that attitude sort of runs through. That's the warning. Beware of the temptation, uh, to feel that and think that those kinds of people are, are not needed here no we need all sorts <laughs> that'll be a test of your maturity i believe oh this but we can do that can we can we do that just leveling with you, you know. i'm so more sanctified than they are i am the full-time worker i spend my day with the lord you pa <laughs> so there is negative please don't say you don't need any there is a positive we're finishing with this there's a positive comment it's not just a warning, but it says, I have no need of you. But then there's the exhortation, care for one another. Verses 24 to 25. But God has composed the body, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there might be no division in the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. The same care for one another. So the positive command is the reason that you come. I have come this morning to bring my unique gifting and care for someone else. What got you out of bed this morning? The musicians? Drummer? Inspirational preaching? You hear that on websites, don't you? I want you to come because you care for the people that you are in this room with. You care for them. I don't want you to come because you want them to care for you. I want you to come because you care for them. I want you to come because you care about their lives and the way that they are and what they're facing. And and that it isn't just that you care for Steve and Belinda, that you actually have a care for the whole. We had an interesting situation once in our church in Roochley where I changed the service uh, around and uh, I, I gave the people some, uh, the old people, some homework. <laughs> it's quite funny, you've probably heard, some of you have heard me say this before, but I gave the, some old people some the, the homework and their homework was to listen to the Radio 1 breakfast show for a week, which is what they had to do. The interesting thing was that um, that the the following week all the old people turned up in shorts, didn't they, and, and caps that were round the wrong way. <laughs> so they turned to church. The following week I gave the the old people, the, the young people, I don't know if they still exist, Saga Radio to listen to. I don't know whether Saga Radio exists for a week. And the the, re, the result was Uh, of an appreciation of the two it took a a while to do it and that's the stuff and the issue was because my issue is bigger than your issue and what we're trying to get at that somebody that is taking their sats and somebody that's taking a degree and somebody that's going through a job they're not degrees of issues they're actually the same and we, we'd say to this little child that's taking their sats, it's just a little child getting the sats. But me, pray for me, interview this week. Sats, excuse me, interview. Please, gather around me. Coffee time, interview, big interview. Oh, Lord, little sat person, just get out of way. play it for me. <laughs> and it's true, isn't it? My issue, big issue. No, come on. Equal care for one another will kill it. It will display common good and it will it will show Jesus to the world. I, I find it really interesting that if we're called to love our enemies outside the church, <laughs> you, how much difference will it be if we just start caring for ourselves in it? Sometimes we find it easier to go, oh, I, I love my enemies, love the enemies, hate the church. How do you think the enemies are going to come in then? Uh, so you love me, but coming in here. And <laughs> pointless. Off. Gone. It's true, isn't it? You know, you love me. We came here. Nobody loves each other. And we've, people have had that, haven't they? they? They've heard the gospel. You've shared the gospel. They've bought the church and they go, don't want to be a part of this? Don't want to be a part of this? Challenging? Ooh, yes. Bottom line, finish with this one, verses 26 and 27. Haven't got much to say about this, but I do want to pray for uselessness in a minute. That's just tipping you off if you thought that I'd forgotten. <laughs> Verse 26. Uh, if one member suffers, all suffer together, and if one member is honoured, all rejoice together. It's all, guys. It's all. We need to remember that. When we come to Wednesday, it's going to be a real challenge. Or even when we come to pray tonight around the university. Unfortunately, we will be part. True, isn't it? Please squirm. I'm not saying that. It's just the Bible. If one member suffers, we all do. We all go through it together. If one member is honoured, we all have a party. We, we, we're supposed to be doing it together. It's this whole thing of everything we do together. Everything we do. How do you think that we, we're not growing then? Because it, it's part all the time. There's a little part on Wednesday and there's a little part when we pray and there's a little part here. And, and God wants to get us this. Look, now we're all going to suffer together. We're all going to rejoice together. That's that's one of the key issues. We have to change our thinking to be a part of the all. Verse twenty seven. Now you are the body of Christ <laughs> and individually members of it. There also has to be a capturing of who we are and the reason to gather. I am an individual member of the body of Christ. catch the privilege catch it just one story to, to end, end all things it has to be uh, football I, in my bottom drawer in my bottom drawer underneath my bed uh, uh, next to my will no it's not <laughs> we have some drawers under my bed there are some unmovable things in those drawers. One of them probably is the love letters to Callie and I and the kids are not having them until we've well gone because they're not going to laugh. But underneath of, of there, sorry about this, are, are my Wolverhampton Wanderers scarves throughout history. I am really sorry about this, Everton supporter. And I will not throw them away. Stop nudging your wife. (laughs) Not only will I not throw them away, not only this. Do you know we were relegated this year? Not only were we relegated, we were humiliated. We didn't come any close. Not only did we not come close, we didn't even fight to come close. I want you to know this. I am still a Wolverhampton Wanderers supporter. I am still proud of it. I think you are rubbish. (laughs) I I am not changing my allegiance. I was born there. I am proud of it. It is my accent. I will they those scarves will not go because it is who I am. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Stand proud, church, for what God has called you. Stand proud fight for it it is wonderful please stand Um, i just want to pray about this whole sense and um, perhaps you just close your your eyes i do actually feel that that sense of i can't do anything because because you know I, i am me and i couldn't possibly bring anything to the equation You know, that whole sense of my personality, my character, my background, all that I have brought into it cannot contribute. And I know that we've talked about things that have been lies and trusting God and that sort of stuff, but I just want to take spiritual authority, if I can, over those things. Um, So just bear with me with this. Father, we just speak to people who genuinely feel this morning that they have nothing to contribute that genuinely feel a sense of uselessness in regard to what they can bring to the body of Christ. And we reject those demonic thoughts in Jesus' name. We break the curse over you in Jesus' name. And we say to you, live for all that God created in you, for that unique personality, that unique character, those unique gifts, that unique manifestation. We pray, Spirit of God, cause those things to rise to the surface. We say, we bless your uniqueness. We bless your individuality. We say, we're pleased that you are a part of us and, and want to be. We thank you for your perseverance. And we thank you for the way that you have come, even though that you felt it. I want you to, say, I want you to know this from God. Your prayers are, are wanted. Your service is wanted. Your prophetic gift is wanted. The dormant gifts and the gifts that you've used in the past they are needed i want you to know before god that we cannot do without you i want you even if your past has been part of failure and it has been part of things where it has just completely gone wrong that we will accept your mistakes and believe in the grace of god and we will not condemn you from your past but we will believe in everything that god has got for you for the future I want to say this to some prophetically. You were not a mistake. You were not a mistake. I want to pray for, I want to say this to some people that have thought that your childhood has not been the childhood that you thought it would be and that you've not arrived in the place that you thought it would be. I want to say to you this, that even though that it was tough, even though that you might have been born out of very different circumstances, that God caused your birth to come into being, caused your times and your dates to come into being, that none of you is an accident, that every part of you is part of the purposes of God, that God placed you in this unique time to serve the purposes of God in His generation. You are God's creation and God's way of blessing the people in your day. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are a child of God's. You are his child. And he would want to say to you, be blessed, my child. Be blessed, my child. You are not useless. You are his treasure." And his means of demonstrating himself to the world in which we live. So lift up your heads. (laughs) Raise your heads to see that you are something of Christ's design on earth. You are utterly unique. And that is the point of it. It's the whole point. So we reject lies in Jesus' name and we believe your truth. We repent, Lord Jesus, of our attitudes towards ourselves. We thank you for the diversity in this room and we ask you for your kingdom to come. Lord, help us to be the body of Christ in Jesus' name. Amen.